0: On Tuesday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secured the services for at least one more year of both wide receiver Chris Godwin and linebacker Levante David. The two key members of the Super Bowl 55 winning roster will be back for this upcoming season. That is our main story and our main topic of conversation on today's episode of Locked on Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team
0: Welcome in, Bucks Nation, to today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am your host, David Harrison. Thank you so much for joining me today. My co host, James Jarko, is off for today's episode. He was so overridden with excitement and joy over the news coming out on Tuesday the Buccaneers were going to be getting Chris Godwin and Lamonte David back for at least one more year but he just couldn't take it he he passed out and just has not come to yet don't worry he's okay he's alive he's breathing but unfortunately not able to join us today just just due to sheer excitement but he'll be back soon enough to join us again talk about all the stuff going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that is going to be our lead story and our main story in our conversation for today's episode is the return of Godwin and Levante David. In the meantime, though, find James on Twitter at J underscore Bucks. Find me at D Harrison82 on Twitter. And then of course find the show at Locked On Bucks. James and I are writing about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers for SBnation at Bucksnation.com. Find that at Bucks underscore nation on Twitter as well. On Tuesday, the NFL franchise franchise tag deadline came and went at 4 p.m. Eastern, and there are some significant names on this year's list of, of teams and players using that franchise tag. We'll run down the list of teams that use their franchise tags and the players that they decided to go ahead and tag in alphabetical order coming from the NFL directly. The Carolina Panthers use their non-exclusive franchise tag on Taylor Moten offensive lineman. The Chicago Bears also franchise tagging Allen Robinson, the great wide receiver. The Dallas Cowboys, as reported earlier, have agreed in principle to a contract with Dak Prescott, their quarterback, but in the meantime have slapped him, as some like to say, with the exclusive franchise player tag. The Denver Broncos, as reported earlier over the weekend, franchise tagging safety Justin Simmons. The Jacksonville Jaguars using their franchise tag on offensive lineman Cam Robinson. The New Orleans Saints using their franchise tag on safety Marcus Williams, while defensive tackle Leonard Williams is staying in New York to play for the Giants for one more year. Young standout safety Marcus May franchise tagged by the New York Jets. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise tagging wide receiver Chris Godwin and the Washington football team using their franchise tag on Brandon Scherf, their incredibly solid interior offensive lineman. So that is your early list. That is your, actually, that is your official list of teams and players using the franchise tag in this 2021 offseason as we get ready for the new league year to get underway next week. Legal tampering starting next Monday. It's going to be a full week of news on top of this week of excitement. and I mean, the Buccaneers just keep on winning January, making that playoff run, February winning the Super Bowl, and now here in March getting back not one but two key members of this franchise. Of course, that opens up the door to a lot of other questions, including what the future of guys like Shaquille Barrett are going to be and Sue, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, even Leonard Fournette still kind of out there waiting to see what his future is going to be with, the, with or without the Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise. All of that stuff is going to start to become more and more clear, but the Buccaneers obviously making it a big priority to go after Chris Godwin and Levante David and get them secured on this roster for at least one more year. Again, Chris Godwin only the one year. They do have until July 15th, however, to work on a long-term deal. Chris has already said publicly that he would love to stay in Tampa long-term, but he also understands that he needs to get paid. And he needs to be compensated for the work that he is doing, and I think that everybody can agree with that. So we'll see if the two sides can come to an agreement before the July 15th deadline. Until then, Chris Godwin's salary or franchise tag number will count against the Buccaneers' salary cap. That is expected to be around $16 million. With some of that depending on where the salary cap lands this year, and that's still information that at the, at the time of this recording anyway. We don't have, of course, that episode or that information could drop before this episode actually drops. If it does, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's episode, of course. But in the meantime, expecting Chris Godwin to earn about $16 million on the franchise tag if they cannot work out a new deal. James actually wrote up the news article when the news that Chris Godwin was being franchise tagged for BucksNation.com, And in that article, he mentioned that by tagging Chris Godwin, the Buccaneers actually saved a little bit of money, potentially at least for 2021, as he was expected by sites like SpotTrack to earn about 18 to $20 million on the new deal annually now granted the way that you structure new deals doesn't necessarily mean that that's that's what he's going to make on in, in singular year which is something we'll get into here in just a moment but when you look at the possibility of paying Chris Godwin an average of 18 million dollars franchise tagging him for around 16 million dollars the two million dollar difference which may not seem like a lot up front and on paper, but when you're a franchise or when that's coming off of the Super Bowl when trying to make another run at it and you have a lot of key free agents, that $2 million can go a long way as they now only need to find another, say, four or five million to bring back an Indominus or a Rob Gronkowski. Looking forward at Levante David's contracts, a two-year deal worth $25 million, $20 million of that guaranteed, according to Tampa Bay Time Zone, Rick Shroud. And then Rick followed up that report with another tweet saying that the Buccaneers added three extra void years which actually makes his salary cap number for 2021 around three and a half million dollars so so Levante David basically saying he's gonna see Tom Brady's 25 million million dollar modest salary to lead the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl and raise him about 22 more million dollars in franchise frugalness so Levante David I mean if he wasn't already a franchise favorite and a fan a favorite of the fan base uh, he just solidified himself there and, and, and coming off of a week where we were having ring of honor conversations uh, I think that after what Levante David just did for this franchise to ensure that he can not only come back and participate in trying to make another run at another Super Bowl title uh, he, he also freed up money in the process to help the team bring back a guy like Indominus Sue or Shaquille Barrett or whoever else uh, they decide to and and guys we're going to be talking about this uh, obviously all week and some of the ramifications kind of how the ripple effects of these deals move forward into the new into the off season in the new league year but right now we're going to take a break from that conversation we're going to talk about built bar and it's built bar madness in the swing of things we've been telling you about built bar the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now Built bar is an amazing low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber amazing tasting protein bar with 100 chocolate on all of their bars now it's time to find out which built bar is the best it's built bar madness and today's matchup is german chocolate versus salted caramel and guys i gotta tell you i'm honestly a caramel guy over a chocolate guy but with these two bars they're both very good but german chocolate kind of has that little extra something in it i'm not really sure what it is but it's it takes the cake for me uh not no pun intended there so german chocolate is getting my nod there Then you have mocha love versus white chocolate birthday cake. And I'm sure that the white chocolate birthday cake, if any company can make that bar taste delicious, it's built bar, but I'm not a birthday cake fan. I'm just, I'm just not a fan of the, the generic birthday cake flavor that everything comes out in. So mocha love is getting the love for me. Go to BuiltBar.com or to Built underscore Bar on Twitter to cast your vote. Remember, when you go to BuiltBar.com, use a promo code LOCKEDON20 and you get 20% off your next order of the most amazing tasting protein bar you will ever try again. That's that's promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Keep checking back to see who won today's matchup and who will become, which bar will become the best tasting protein bar of them all. Segment two of the Locked On Bucks podcast coming up. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Back now here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but what about the rest of sports? Well, now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski. It's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Dropping some more reactions here on the news that Levante David and Chris Godwin are both coming back for the 2021 NFL season. Levante David will also be back for the 2022 NFL season. We'll have to see what happens with Chris in the future to see if what his future with the Buccaneers looks like. But, but first of all, we're going to go backwards, I guess. Levante David's news came out after Chris Godwin's news, but we're going to talk about Levante first. We already ended segment one talking about the amazing gesture that Levante David made. By working this schedule extend or this this contract extension out with the Buccaneers to the point where they could clear so much cap space, bring him back for three and a half million this year against cap, as reported by Rick Shroud, leaving them so much flexibility. And we'll see what the salary cap is. But then again, like with guys like Mike Evans saying, you know, rework my deal, move bonus money, whatever you need to do to free up some cash, go ahead and do it. And then Tom Brady already coming in uh, as a criminally underpaid quarterback. To be to be quite honest with you, uh, keeping that trend going for him. I mean, it just kind of shows the attitude and the and the and the chemistry and the character that's in this locker room for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and why there is so much confidence that they can make another run and challenge again, not only to make it to the postseason but potentially for another Super Bowl title. Nobody's—I don't think anybody's predicting right now, you know, in March or whatever. And hey, maybe if you are, go lay some money on that if you want to. Plenty of people have done so, uh, but you know, not that the players are doing necessarily. But it really kind of brings up the question of who's really in it for, you know, you can call it the quote-unquote right reasons, right? I mean, like like James and I have said on this show many times, we're never going to bag somebody or dog somebody for going out and getting paid and getting their money, and and obviously we're going to turn this angle on to Shaquille Barrett, right? He's already said that he wants to come back to Tampa Bay. He wants to be a Buccaneer. Again, he loves playing in the Todd Bowles version of the 3-4 defense, but then he's also said that he feels like it's time for him to break the bank. So, I mean, you can't necessarily have both, and when you got Mike Evans out here saying – you know reduce my cap hit yeah he's not taking any less money i got it but when you have him kind of making that gesture and what the what the optics on that look like when you've got tom brady taking less money than he certainly can earn uh from from any other team out there in the national football league and then you've got levante david coming in and listen we, we understand like yes he's taking three and a half against cap of this year but it's because that money's being moved but listen 20 million dollars of this contract guys is guaranteed that's an average of $10 million per year. Track had him valued at 12.7, so close to $13 million per year on the open market. And you guys have seen enough free agency periods, enough off-seasons to know what happens when a guy like Levante David hits the open market, when he's one of the better off-ball linebackers in this NFL, and when and when he is probably the best off-ball linebacker in available free agency. What happens to those guys? That number gets escalated. So you're talking about $13 million, $14 million, maybe $15 million. Levante David potentially could have gone out there and signed a deal that would have paid him on average $15 million per year, which is 10 full million dollars more than he's going to make in guaranteed money with this contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I don't think anybody's taking that lightly. Nobody's taking that uh, without that, without or understanding this contract without that vein in it, without that, without that great assault kind of added to it uh, to make it just seem even better. And leading by examples is a huge thing in the world and in the national football league and sports and competitive atmospheres, and Levante David, Mike Evans, uh, Tom Brady, leading by example here with what they're doing in their actions. So let's see. Uh, Rick Shroud was asked on Twitter after he was tweeting about all this stuff with Levante David, how he f- how he felt, Rick, that is, uh, this impacted the Shaquille Barrett situation. And Rick said that he was optimistic uh, about Shaquille Barrett coming back. So maybe Shaq, well, again, looking at his teammates, looking at the captains on this team, says, you know what, guys? Let's run it back. And, and if we've got to take a little bit less money, either up front or during the lifespan of the contract in order to help bring everybody back and run it back in, I'll do so. And then in Dominick and sees that maybe he takes a couple million less Rob Gronkowski, you know, he wants to run it back. You know, he wants to play with Tom Brady again. So maybe it inspires him to do so. So again, you don't want to get too crazy with it or too hyperbolic here, but when leaders of a team like Levante David do things like this, when leaders of a team like Tom Brady do things like this, take less money, to have an opportunity to build and flesh out a better roster so that they can all be successful and get to the top of the league. Those things do have a trickle-down effect, a ripple effect. We'll see what that effect is on the rest of the roster and whether or not it means that Shaquille Barrett comes back. If he does, you expect to hear that news before next Monday. So, I mean, according to my watch, you're talking the next three or four days. You would hope to hear that news or at least hope to hear some developments about what's happening in the conversations between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Shaquille Barrett. Moving over now to wide receiver Chris Godwin and that franchise tag on the 25-year-old uh, wide receiver paying him an estimated $16 million, right, give or take. Uh, puts him puts him quite high up there on, on the highest paid annual average value uh, of their contracts among NFL wide receivers. It puts him above uh, wide receiver Cooper Cup from the Los Angeles Rams, above Devontae Adams, and then right below guys like Robert Woods and Mike Evans, who, again, is going to adjust his contract, but that average annual value is still going to stay the same uh, at least for the time being. So that's kind of where that puts Chris Godwin in. And, and, you know, we just got done talking about Levante David and taking this, you know, such a team-friendly deal to free up so much money. And now here's Chris Godwin getting paid $16 million. Of course, look, you can't negotiate franchise tags. Everybody knows that, at least I hope you know that. If you don't know that, you can't, you can't negotiate franchise tags. Chris Godwin can't take a franchise tag and then say, hey, guys, thanks for franchise tagging me. I'm only going to take $3 million of that, though. Uh, it's a one-year deal, so there is no bonus to prorate. There's no money to push down the road, kick down the can. There are no void years to add. Uh, and, and in reality, this could be something, and, and I hope that everybody understands, that this could be something that the Buccaneers basically planned on doing all along. They may have had some cursory or some introductory conversations with Chris Godwin's representation. Uh, we don't know for sure whether they did or not. There are, you know, reports and rumors and all those things notwithstanding. I don't know directly from an agent or from the team themselves whether or not they've had some serious conversation about contract extensions. Uh so this may have been the plan all along. They may have just planned on franchise tagging Chris Godwin taking that hit on the 21 2021 NFL or on their 2021 cap number and then going to other leaders on the team like Levante, like Mike and finding money elsewhere. Uh and, and or you know possibly not but either way it's at least a placeholder and again like I said in the in the opening segment there the Buccaneers and Chris Godwin now have until July 15th to agree on an extended deal. If they do, then whatever money, uh, let's say Chris takes less money in this first year on his new extended contract, then that salary cap number will adjust. Uh, or it's possible that it could even go up. Who, who knows? You know, these things kind of work themselves out in weird ways sometimes. Uh, if they don't reach a long-term deal by July 15th, then the $16 million uh, uh, cap hit for 2021 will lock into place and they will not be able to begin a new deal until the next new league year of 2022 where the Buccaneers could either resign them or they could franchise tag him again and they would have to pay him an accelerated rate and then with the inflated salary cap you're probably looking at about 19 million dollars or so on another franchise tag if they went that route but we're all hoping you know I think everybody's hoping that that doesn't happen the question now with Chris Godwin franchise tagged costing that much against the salary cap what happens to the rest of the wide receiver room right so not Mike Evans obviously his spot is secured but most likely you're looking at Antonio Brown Antonio is a guy that a lot of people have been they were happy with in his time his short time with the Buccaneers franchise obviously played a role down the stretch during the playoffs during that eight game winning streak helping them win a Super Bowl title but is did he do enough to warrant coming back and do they have enough money to to really afford bringing him back cuz i mean you look at it you know, a big reason they brought Antonio Brown in in the first place was injuries. Mike Evans was banged up. Chris Godwin was going through injuries. Scotty Miller was not 100%. And after that, you're, you're starting to get into guys like Tyler Johnson. And, and I love Tyler Johnson just as much as a lot of Buccaneers fans did. But the bottom line is uh, Tyler Johnson was a rookie, and he was a fifth-round draft pick, and he just wasn't ready you know, for that kind of a role in this offense. So they went out and they got a guy that they knew could add some value. And he did. He did exactly that. He did so making $1.25 million. Now, I don't expect – Antonio to probably come back for 1.25 million dollars but over the cap has a valuation on him of 2.4 million dollars so given that you just paid Chris Godwin 16 million given that you're paying Mike Evans an average 16 million 16.5 uh, even if he lowers his cap rate Scotty Miller's coming back Tyler Johnson's on the roster I mean that's that's only four guys without Antonio Brown do you want to go draft another young guy or do you want to bring in uh, you know, bring back Antonio Brown or maybe go out there and see if you can get a cheaper veteran somewhere else. I don't know. I mean, I think that with that amount of money, if if Antonio Brown is willing to come back under $2.5 million, I think that's a worthy amount of money to potentially pay him. I think you're obviously going to have some, some conditions in there, some behavior stuff, some on-field uh, behavior and off-field behavior stuff. So if Antonio Brown can come back at that $2.5 million valuation, then I think you have a chance of seeing AB come back to the Buccaneers. Those of you out there who want to see AB back, this doesn't necessarily mean he's not coming back. It just means he's probably not going to to come back for as much money, say, like $5 million, which is what he was supposed to get paid with the New England Patriots, $5.153 million from the Patriots, and he was supposed to make $860 or did make $860 uh, from, the, from the, at the time, Oakland Raiders netting out to about $6 million. If he goes out there looking for $6 million, I think he's going to have to find that outside of Tampa, Florida, to be quite honest with you. But again, $2.5 million. Why not? And then I think the thing that will make James Jarko happiest about this development is I don't see any way, any way the Buccaneers go out there and bring Odell Beckham Jr. into this franchise, not after you just extended Chris Godwin for even one year at this amount of money. You can't possibly uh, justify spending that much money on the wide receiver group. So Odell Beckham Jr., I'm not calling it officially dead, I suppose. You know what I mean? Never say never type of stuff. But I think it's pretty safe to say that we can move on from uh, any thoughts that Odell Beckham Jr. will be wearing pewter and red at least in 2021. Guys, that's going to wrap up our second segment of today's episode. We're going to come back. We've got one final segment, one final bit to talk about, and we're going to do so thanks to our sponsors over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action because football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, and even major league baseball are getting into the swing. And of course, you've got NFL futures. So the NFL game, the NFL business and betting is really never over. But even if you're bored of sports right now, which I don't know how you could be, BetOnline has you covered for awards, TV shows, and reality TV with all the real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head over to BetOnline.ag on your computer or your mobile device. Sign up for a free account today. And when you make your first deposit, use a promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on that deposit. So you, you deposit $100, use the promo code Locked On, you get an extra $50. On top of it, you now have $150 to make your prop bets or your reality TV bets. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to bet on, you can do it at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Segment three of the Locked On Bucks podcast coming up. Back now here to, to end today's episode here on Wednesday and Wednesdays. On Locked On NFL, take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchise. Tony Wiggins and James Rapine are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get podcasts. And here now to help me wrap up this Wednesday episode of Locked On Bucks podcast is our buddy, our reliable caller, loyal listener to this show, Yusef,
1: out in Phoenix. Hey guys, this is Yusuf again. So would you rather watch The Mandalorian or would you rather watch WandaVision? Now David, it sounds like over social media that you have seen WandaVision now. I don't know if you've seen The Mandalorian, so I don't know if you can completely answer this question, but um, James, I believe you've seen both. So would like to know both of you guys' thoughts on which one you would rather uh, watch. Hopefully David will let you answer on Friday For me It's hard I loved WandaVision I watched the finale Three different times And It hit me so hard Incredibly hard So I love The Mandalorian too. So don't get me wrong I'm a big Star Wars fan But you know what I don't have to answer this question It's all on you guys So take it away Go Bucks!
0: All right, Yousef. Appreciate the call in for Would You Rather Wednesday. And listen, guys, I got to apologize to you. I got to apologize to James Jarco. Uh, I was planning on, I was supposed to send out a reminder tweet on Tuesday uh, to get some Would You Rather Wednesdays, some more Would You Rather Wednesdays from uh, the Lockdown Bucks listeners. I did not send that tweet. For one, uh, I decided to go ahead and go uh, to work over at my part-time job, and that's really kind of a dumb move on my part because. It's a part-time job where I literally pick the days that I work and I make my own schedule. So, of course, I pick the day of the franchise tag deadline. So while Chris Godwin's news is breaking that he's getting franchise tagged by the Buccaneers and while the Levante David news is breaking that he's signing a new contract, I'm at work, not behind my computer, not at a keyboard, not getting ready to record, uh, and not sending out tweets and doing all that stuff. And I end up catching up to Twitter uh, later on in the day after I was able to finish my work for the day. And uh, I, I somehow, I'm not really even sure how it happened, but the Lockdown Bucks Twitter account got looped into this back and forth. And I didn't read the whole thing, but I saw two Bucks fans kind of going at each other, calling names. And, and if you guys have been listening to the show for any period of time, you know as soon as as soon as names are getting getting flung around, whether they're towards us directly, me personally, or another Buccaneers fan, another person on Twitter, uh, I, I excuse myself from said conversation because there's, there's no reason for that. So as soon as I saw name calling start getting flung around, uh, I muted the conversation. I muted that thread. And I moved on with my day. Um, So I apologize if you have a Would You Rather, by all means, please send it in. We're going to be doing this for probably the majority of the offseason. So go ahead and send them in. We'll get them into next week's, uh, and and those will be a lot of fun because these are a lot of fun. I enjoy these very, very much. And, Yusuf, I enjoy this Would You Rather uh, Mandalorian versus WandaVision. And I can only assume, so you didn't specify, but I'm going to go ahead and kind of add the extra layer, James. So as you're listening to this, this may not be as easy a decision for you as maybe on the surface it seems like it should be because my interpretation of this is not only are you choosing which one you would rather watch, but you're then casting the other into the digital trash that you are never allowed to watch again. So if you pick The Mandalorian, for example, WandaVision ceases to exist for you. That's that's the stakes anyway, Youssef. that I am putting on this when I make this selection and I am picking WandaVision. And here's what I will say. So... Youssef, you've been with the show for a while, so I believe you were still you were listening to the show back when we did the Star Wars series. And James forced me against my will to watch every Star Wars movie. Um, they are good movies. I do like the story. You know, I, I like some things about it. I obviously had a fully grown adult male's version or opinion of it, and it is a movie that was not designed, you know, for that type of an audience necessarily. That's something that James reminded me of several times while I was giving my my takes and my analysis of the Star Wars series um but i did watch the mandalorian i do like again i like the stories and i like everything it's it's a good series don't get me wrong um but i did watch the mandalorian i watched about mm, i think five episodes of the first season to be honest with you i don't know how many episodes are in the first season but i want to say you know in retrospect i think i watched you know four or five episodes and i just i don't know it 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 just didn't move the needle for me you know what i mean i kind of stopped watching it after that i just lost track of it uh and just never came back to it. You know, maybe someday I will, um, unless, you know, I'm, I'm held to my decision here. And now the Mandalorian ceases to exist for me. Um, but WandaVision, I did watch uh, from its from its release to its completion. And I loved it. I mean, so I, I think I was like everybody else in the, in the beginning uh, of, the, of the WandaVision series. And I was kind of like, what is this? You know, it was a little bit disappointing. It was a little boring at times, even to be honest. But I looked at it, right? And, and I love this this question, Youssef, because here's where I'm going to take this. In my eyes, WandaVision are the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Mandalorian are the Green Bay Packers. So in the relativity of movies and cinema and television entertainment, right? The Star Wars series as we know it in a visual aspect has been around for quite some time. I understand that Marvel has been around, the comics have been, don't get me wrong, but like this version of the Marvel universe, the movies, they've been around for a little while but they're still relatively new in the video the visual entertainment spectrum if, if you follow me on what i'm trying to say there and in that way the buccaneers are also very new like there's there's not a lot of of people out there who say oh of course the buccaneers won because they're the buccaneers why wouldn't they have won right that's really not something we say so they have that kind of that new shine to them a little bit that more modern updated version whereas the green bay packers They've been here. Look, this, this is the same old song for the Green Bay Packers, but here's the thing about the Packers. Whenever you see them, no matter what new players they have, new new roles that they have, whatever, it's still the Green Bay Packers. And, and like the Mandalorian, you know, I knew the, the product, and I knew the lineage, and I knew the the, the the backstory. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's good. It's worth your time to sit down and watch it. But at the end of the day, it's it's the Green Bay Packers. It's it's kind of meh. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of how I look at the Mandalorian. But then I look at... Uh, WandaVision, I look at Marvel in general and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and even when it was slow, even when it was building, even when it wasn't quite the most exciting thing in the world, I had faith. I had faith that Marvel was going to make this worth everybody's time. Something was coming that was going to make it worth to tune in to keep your eyes fixated on the television screen. That's what the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. That's what Marvel did with WandaVision. Absolutely. It might have started slow, guys. The offense may not have gotten out the gates. 100% 100% perfect, but when they got rolling, they got rolling really good, and the end it was fantastic, it's worth celebrating. It's worth its own boat parade maybe. Uh, I don't know if Wanda would throw Vision across the bay. I don't know how that would work, um, but that's how I'm going to compare the two. James is probably already cursing me out as I'm saying all these things, so it'll be really interesting, Yusuf, to hear his take on this. So I appreciate the call. appreciate the Would You Rather Wednesday. I apologize to everybody out there for not sending that reminder. Hopefully, if I would have sent the reminder, you would have sent one in. If you didn't, if you want to, go ahead and send them in. We'll stockpile them for next week, next Wednesday, and we'll come back to the segment when James hopefully is back. This is, this is actually two weeks in a row that we've had. Would you rather Wednesday and both have been solo episodes. So maybe next week. We can actually get together and we'll actually do a Wednesday episode together and answer these in real time. At the same time, until then, guys, again, find James at J underscore Bucks on Twitter, find me at Dean Harrison82. Find the show at Locked On You can find everything we are writing about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation on Twitter, at Bucks underscore nation. Until we meet again, please figure out about, be safe, be kind to one another, wash your hands, and thank you so much for joining me right here at Lock.